The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Patricia Raskin's Positive Living, the program that brings you practical and inspiring principles for living more authentic, engaging, and passionate lives. Created by Patricia Raskin, a catalyst for positive change. All comments, views, and opinions are solely those of the host, guests, and callers. And now, here's your host, Patricia Raskin. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome. Welcome to Patricia Raskin, Positive Living, right here on voiceamerica.com, America's Voice. I think I'm going into my 11th, 11th year right here on Voice America, so that's very exciting. I believe in what Voice America does. They bring quality program to you, program that really makes a difference. And uh, this program, this show, I hope is one of them, and I think that it is. I bring on amazing people each week. And today my guest is Melinda Blau, and she is the co-author of the book, Family Whispering, The Baby Whisperer's Common Sense Strategies for Communicating and Connecting with the People You Love and making your whole family stronger. And I want to tell you about Melinda Blau. She's an award-winning journalist, and she's the author of 15 books. She's known for her writing about families and relationships, and she's been the voice of the best-selling Baby Whisperer books since 2001. And she also wrote a book that I interviewed her on that I loved called Consequential Strangers, which is how strangers can make huge and impactful difference on our lives. And I refer to to, uh, Melinda a lot when I'm in giving a talk and I'm talking about the impact of strangers and how important they can be in terms of giving us gifts. And today we're talking about her book, Family Whispering. Welcome, Melinda. Thanks very much, Patricia. Yeah, great to have you. Now, I know that you co-wrote this with Tracy Hogg, Mm -hmm. who devoted her 25-year career to helping parents understand and communicate with their babies and their young children. She was a nurse, she was a newborn consultant, an educator, and now her book is translated throughout the world. Um, tell us about Tracy. I know she's passed and her contribution here. Well, Tracy was known as the baby whisperer. Her very grateful clients uh, dubbed her the baby whisperer. And we wrote three books together. Uh, mm. She was an amazing woman, and she just had an uncanny knack for dealing with babies and toddlers. And once we finished the three books, which were all bestsellers, um, we said, well, where do we go from here? And we realized that the the next logical place was to look at the family because once the kids start growing up, then then the real challenge starts, which is how do you manage a family? And so this book applies all the principles of baby whispering, which are very common sense. That's why we use the word common sense in the subtitle. Uh, communication, accepting the child that you have, not the one you wish you had, um, and we've applied these these principles to the whole family because a family is not just you and your child. It's the relationship between the, the parents. It's a relationship between the siblings. It's a nest of relationships. And um, 
So it's a much more complex book in a lot of ways, but very, very, like the other books, very accessible and simple. Yeah, and I, yeah I want to ask you something, because I, I think I'm not alone here, and I think there were many, many folks have been involved in this. This is about the importance of what you give to your child as an infant. If a child is not nurtured or held, or if a child is, is not made to feel safe as a young, as a baby... How does that impact the child growing up? Well, that's that's something we talked about in the first three books, for sure. Um, Tracy believed that you start talking to babies from the minute they're born. You act as if you, we nobody really knows, although we now know that infants understand and can can feel empathy at much earlier ages than we thought. But um, it, it, it impacts a child very seriously if the parent doesn't talk to them, doesn't care for them, doesn't meet the child's needs. Um, but it doesn't end in those responsibilities don't end in infancy or even toddlerhood. It's very, very important to look at the whole picture so that, you know, if you have a child having a tantrum and say he's five years old, well... At that child, you've got to look at what's his relationship with his mother, what's his relationship with his father, with his siblings, what happened to him in the world earlier today. Because, you know, families start to change once the, the children go out into the world. It's no longer just between the parent and child. It's, there, there are many, many influences on the child. So um, we try in this book to, to, to go to the next 10 years, really. And and to look at the importance of communicating, of dealing with change, of looking at the sibling relationship, of modeling the qualities. We have an acronym in the book called REAL, and those are the qualities. It stands for responsibility, empathy, authenticity, and leading with love. And those are the very qualities that you talk about uh, are so necessary for infants. They continue to be necessary. Yeah, no, it's it's so true. What is your goal with the book? Is 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 it to help parents guide their children beyond infancy, as you said, up to even the teen years? Well, it's it's not just about the children. It's to help the parents keep their own relationship on, on an even keel. It's mm. the the biggest goal of the book is the awareness of the bigger system that is the family, the constellation of personalities that interact every day and bump up against each other and have different needs and how do you manage that how and in order to manage it you have to see it and so you know people often say well what do you want to have happen and what i want is for parents to realize it's not just between them and their child it you have to look at the bigger picture always no matter what's happening it's it's always about more and so the first half of the book is really about raising your awareness and teaching teaching you how to look. Um, I start with a very simple uh, activity that has nothing to do with your family per se, but in the first chapter I say, you know, go into a a restaurant and look at other families. Try to figure out their story because it's a little less threatening to look at the families. Yeah. And and then you'll suddenly see, oh, look at how the father is looking down as the child is talking to him or oh look at the mother is you know, the kid keeps trying to get the mother's attention and she's on her cell phone. Yeah. All of these things are telling us information about that family at that moment in time. Because the other thing that's very complex about raising a family is it's constantly changing. It's a dynamic being. 
It has a life of its own. And it's made by its members, but it's also its members' impact on the family, and the family changes the, the members as well. What do you say to big families? Now, you don't see that as often. You see that a lot in religious families. Yeah. Where you'll see seven, eight, ten children, sometimes more. Well, I'll tell you something. I am, I'm, I'm not an advocate for big or small families, but I'll tell you an interesting observation. Um, one, of, one of the other goals of this book is to make parents think of themselves as family-centered, not child-centered. And mm. in big families, you almost can't be child-centered. You can't worry about every little expression on little Johnny's face. Right. Uh, you, you can't always say, oh, no, you deserve your own room. Oh, you deserve your own time. You, know, you, you can't micromanage in that way. You just physically can't. There's not enough hours in the day. And one of the women I interviewed actually had eight kids. Mm. Um, but I've noticed this with four or more kids. People with four yeah. or more kids tend to, and this is a very big point in the book, they tend to give their, their children a chance to be real stakeholders in the family mm-hmm. and to really contribute. And that's not busy work. That's not just a, you know, we always think, oh, kids should be given chores. No, they shouldn't be given chores. They should have responsibility. They should play a mm-hmm. role in the family. So uh, that, now, Melinda, let me say I think that's important, but then mm-hmm. there's a fine line between them becoming the parent and being given too much responsibility. Oh, no, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm saying sit down as a family and say, what do we need to get out of the house in the morning? What do we need to run the family? How does, how does dinner get in the table? How does toilet paper end up in the cabinet? Mm-hmm. So that children understand what it takes to run a household. Yeah. You know, you'll sit down with a kid. If you like a sport, you'll sit down and say you like basketball. And you'll sit down with your five-year-old and say, oh, look, he had to go to the sun. He's doing a special shot because that's a foul. And you'll explain those things. And that makes the child interested in the sport, possibly a, a player at some point if they have the talent to do it. But it, it opens their eyes. And I'm saying do the same thing about running a family. Do it as a family. Don't just do all, you know, and, and unfortunately in most households, despite all, as far as we've come as women, most women are still doing the lion's share. Men are cooking. Men are, are much more hands-on with their kids. But when you talk to as many women as I do, you get the impression that, yes, the men are cooking because, uh, not because, they get a lot of kudos for cooking. Oh, there's nothing mm-hmm. better than going to somebody and, and somebody cooks you a good meal. You just, you know, you get very enthusiastic. But when's the last time you heard someone say, wow, that's really a clean floor or what a great smelling laundry you have, except in a commercial. <laughs> Uh-huh. And and those are the jobs that fall to women. I mean, there's a lot of studies that have analyzed time use in families. And I'm saying instead of just arguing with your spouse about who does what and how it's done, make it a family affair. Well, and you even have in the book, you have a whole family time log yeah. where, you know, you write it all down. That's that right. And that's like part of the awareness piece. You can't change what you don't see. And mm-hmm. so... You know, if mom is saying at, at night, she, you know, a lot of women, what they'll do is they'll go along and they'll go along and go along and they kind of take it. And then one day they blow up be, over some minor thing and it doesn't mm-hmm. seem to fit. Well, the reason it doesn't mm-hmm. fit is because it's been building up. And instead of doing that, I'm saying to women, you know, take a look at how your time is used. Take a look at how when yeah. you have any couple time. 
whether you're just always, which is the case in many, many houses. In many houses, it's all about the kids. Dinner conversation, they ask about the kids' day, and the parents don't yeah. bother to tell them about their day. Yeah, and I, I want to say something about that. I think sometimes what happens is that we don't take care of ourselves enough. That's right. And that's something that you said. So we're not, we're not attending to our own needs, and then we become people pleasers. That's and right. I'm seeing this with adults who come to me and say, oh, you know, Patricia, I really said this, but I really didn't want to, but I didn't want to hurt those people's feelings. Right. And, you know, that gets learned at a young age. That's exactly right. And what I keep telling parents in this is that your children, even when you don't think you're teaching them something, because parents are always teaching and explaining, and they start with the flashcards when they're babies. But what they don't realize is that the more important lessons that the children are are learning are lessons about cooperation and fairness, and nobody's teaching those. They're modeling it. And so when mom does everything and mom is quietly seething, Either the, the, the children are going to grow up and say, God, I'm not going to marry somebody like that or I'm right. not going to be like that. They don't necessarily consciously say it at age seven, but they learn it by then. They learn it earlier, actually. And sometimes they actually do find someone like that. And they, yeah, Not just sometimes. And one yeah. of the things that I talk about in the book is, is to help parents understand how they got their attitudes. How empathic are mm-hmm. you? How authentic are you? Um, how responsible yeah. are you? I have a lot of checklists in the book that I think parents will find both fun and eye-opening. So important, so important, Melinda. You know, another thing I want to bring up is how how you feel about yourself. That whole feeling of um, sometimes when kids are brought up, mm-hmm. uh, they are not necessarily accepted and loved authentically for who they really are. That's absolutely But then true. they are loved for how they perform. So I love you, Melinda, if right. you did. You got you got a good grade. You played right. the piano well, but you were bad today. You were a bad girl. So right. you know what? You're written off. Right. And what does that teach kids when they grow up? It, it, te- it teaches them to act in kind to other people. And then they become mm-hmm. the kind of people who are... Uh, both as partners, as colleagues, as friends, they they dispense it as what they have experienced themselves. That's how they learn, and that's mm-hmm. how they that's how their emotional regulation, yeah. or I should say, lack of regulation. If they live in a household where where it's okay to scream at a child, they're going to mm-hmm. think it's okay to to scream right. to hit their friends. You know, I have a whole chapter that's just devoted to self-control, and I know parents are going to think, oh, it's how do I control my child? But it's not. It's how do you control yourself? How do you restrain and, and give yourself that moment? And one of the things about all the Baby Whisperer books, we talk about slowing down. And in many instances in the book, we'll say, stop for a minute, take a deep breath, before you're about to do or say anything, ask yourself, is this good for the relationship? Mm-hmm. Or if before you, uh, you know, blow up at a child because a five-year-old spilled his milk again. Mm-hmm. Now, most five-year-olds want to please their parents. And when they spill their milk, they're as embarrassed as the parents are. Now, you might teach something afterwards and say, you know, it's not a good idea to leave your milk so close to the edge. But blowing up is not the right, it is teaching nothing. Mm-hmm. And as I said, this is, this is a book that um, in, involves everyone. So 
I, I, it's interesting. I did a relationship chapter, and it's not about parent-child. It's not even about the couples. It's about what are the common things in all relationships that make a relationship a safe haven as opposed to a place where you get abused. Mm-hmm. And, um, there yeah, are... and I, yeah, it's so important. I think parents don't realize that the lasting impact on these children as they grow up and and even even just that the shouting and and the putting the kid down and mm. saying I don't love you or you were bad or you're not going to amount right. to anything and you never listened to me and oh it, it's devastating. Well, I think I think one of the differences between this book and a lot of parenting books and and you know I think what you're saying is is absolutely critical and it and it's part of many many parenting books. But the difference between this book is that it gives you a chance both to look back at your own past, yes. to look at your relationship yeah. with your partner and with your mother. I, mean, I, have, I include the extended family in this book, at all adult relationships, and to really understand what you're bringing to the table and then to make better choices because one of the things I say throughout the book is it's always a choice. You always have a choice. Mm-hmm. And it's not just about blowing up. It's a choice about... You know, some parents say, oh, God, I'm so busy and I'm picking up the kids, you know, uh, and I'm like a chauffeur and I'm doing... Well, it's a choice also not to have as many activities. Mm -hmm. Or get somebody to help you pick up the kids. a little more downtime. Right, or have somebody help you pick up the kids. Exactly. Find some help. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, I think... But then, then, Melinda, then you get into the roles of, oh, but I feel guilty if I'm not picking up my kids. Then you get into all of that. Well, I, I, we talk about guilt in the book, and, and you know, guilt, guilt does nothing for anybody. It's, it's really yeah. a wasted, and actually, it's not just a wasted uh, emotion. It, it actually is counterproductive because mm-hmm. when you feel guilty, you're blinded by it. All you can, and you're focused on yourself. You're not focused on the That's need true. at hand. It's all about you, guilt. It's true. And... Yeah. Um, true. So I, I, guilt doesn't do anything for anybody. It's never solved I, the problem in the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I want, well, except, I think except it may teach you not to do it again. No, it, guilt does not. Conscience, perhaps, but yes. guilt and conscience are two different things. Conscience is awareness, knowing in your heart what's right and wrong. Guilt is something that you feel because I'm not good enough, I didn't do enough, and what I talk about in the, in the book is I said parents often vacillate when they get angry at a child because parents try to control their children. And it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's a losing battle because you can't control anybody but yourself. And right. so parents will, will give in, they'll feel guilty, or they'll grandstand. I'm the parent and you do what I say. Yeah. None of those are effective. The most effective thing is to teach self-control to model it yourself, and to recognize what's swirling around you and what you can change and what you can't change. So let's say a child gets a, a teacher that everyone in the school says, oh, my God, you have Mrs. Grundy this year. Oh, she was, Billy had the worst year ever. Well, she may not be able to change that, but at least she's aware that this is going to be um, uh, an element of their life for the next nine months. And how can she support her child going through this? And she might sit, sit down with the child, and the, both parents might say, you know, I had a teacher like that, and God, the year went very slowly, or whatever. 
But in other words, there are things that parents can't change about their environment, and they have to accept what's going on and say, well, how can we problem solve together? And again, make the child a part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Very, yes, very much. And, and I think something that you say in the book here a lot is let the know, child know that they matter, no matter what. Absolutely. That's the key thing. Well, it's let the child know and let your partner know. You know, I mean, a lot of people complain about their relationships and, oh, relationships are hard, and, and in fact, they are hard. But um, a little common sense goes a long way in a relationship and a little kindness. And, and I get back to those mm. four qualities. Be responsible. You know, I say to people in the book, there are two tests about responsibility. One is why I do more than I should and why I don't... Why. Um, I can't. Remember. I don't have the book in front of me. Why I don't do? It? Why don't I don't do more than I do? And mm-hmm. I say you'll know which test you should take. And one of the things I say to the people who who think that they do enough is, you know, you have a responsibility, uh, and it's often the man. So a man will drop everything and go out for his morning run because he wants to do it. He wants to keep his body in shape. Mm. He may be meeting a goal. Well, a family is a responsibility just the same way. So you have a responsibility to the woman you married. Um, and it may, it may be women, too, because there's plenty of women that are, are now out working in the man's at home. But the point is, you must be responsible to your family. Why, do you, why are you having one if you're not? But the, the other the other points of empathy and authenticity and leading with love are also important. So I go through each one of those, explain what they are, how you can look at your own past and say, oh, this is why I'm having trouble having empathy for other people. You know, and maybe it's because I never had, my mother never had one, had any empathy for me. She never could see it from my perspective. But once you know that, again, you can change what you see. Mm-hmm. Well, this is a wonderful book, Family Whispering, The Baby Whisperer's Common Sense Strategies for Communicating and Connecting with the People You Love and Making Your Whole Family Stronger. My guest is Melinda Blau. She's co-author of this book. What would you like people to get from this? What's your message if people get one thing from this interview? What's your message, Melinda? Just the importance of family. Family is, is, is the laboratory for living. And if we make our mm-hmm. family strong... We'll be stronger for it, and, and we'll raise good citizens. Because, I mean, what is the purpose of parenting? Parenting is to, you know, prepare future adults. But in the process, you also become a better person when you're a better parent. And the way to do it is to focus on the family, not just the child, because it's much, much more than just the child. Yeah. I want to read Dr. Dupinsky's uh, testimonial for your book. He's a New York Times bestselling author, and he's the host of Headline News' Dr. Juwan Call. He writes, Our first and most important relationships are formed in our families. Melinda Blau encourages us to have an expansive perspective, showing child-obsessed parents how to become more family-focused and to empower their kids to form loving, resilient connections. Healthy families are the best defense against the anxieties of our modern world. Yeah, that was beautiful. Yeah, it really is. And and I was I, I don't know him personally, and I mm. was really surprised um, when he you know because he's a very busy man when he gave us a quote. So it was uh, it was quite a wonderful affirmation of the book. 
Wonderful. What's next for you, Melinda? What's your next? What's next up? What's the next book? You know, I, I don't know about a book, but one of the things that I want to do, I really want to focus on family whispering because I think of it as a practice, like yoga, and that you mm. learn it, and you get better at it. Yes. And I would like to um, workshops. Uh, pardon. Workshops, do workshops. workshops. And I also want people to form family whispering groups. And I, I don't have it quite finished yet, mm. but on the, we have a website, familywhispering.com. And there's the beginning of a, a guide for families who can set up either with strangers or with, with friends where you actually come together, uh, the adults come together. I hope it's going to be men as well as women. And where you realize it, it, it helps you out of the, the kind of self-centered mode of this happens in our family and we don't talk about this. Mm. Because a lot of the problems that families have are so common and when you're in it, you, don't, you think you're the only one ever dealing with right. it. Or and you so, feel embarrassed by it. Right, exactly. So I think of these books, uh, these groups as um, part book group, part Bible study, and part um, support mm. group. And I, and I think parents really need them. I think parents need, it'll help them think in a different way and help them feel less alone. Absolutely. So that, that is one of my dreams for the future. All right. Melinda Blau, author of Family Whispering, The Baby Whisperer's Common Sense Strategies for Communicating and Connecting with the People You Love and Making Your Whole Family Stronger. I and you can log say- on to familywhispering.com. Yes. And I also, okay. um, I'm, I'm not sure the start date, but I'm going to be doing a, a special column for Huffington Post called wonderful. Dear Family Whisper. Oh, wonderful. So. And, you're in, and you're in the New England area. I'm around. I'm around. <laughs> right now you're talking to me. I'm in Florida, so I, I right. get around. <laughs> right. All right. Stay on the line for a minute. Thanks okay. so much for being on the program, Melinda. Thank you. It was wonderful being here. All right. Okay, folks, uh, this wraps up this edition of Patricia Raskin Positive Living right here on Voice America, America's Voice. Remember, stay healthy, stay happy, get the support you need, and know you can make your dreams come true. Until next time, I'm Patricia Raskin. For Patricia Raskin Positive Living, bye for now. Thank you for tuning in to this week's edition of Patricia Raskin's Positive Living. Be sure to join Patricia Raskin and another amazing guest next Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have an outstanding week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 